Hi, and welcome to Leitrim Daily. My name is Brefni Early, and you are listening to In Focus here on the show. It is episode 72, and today we are doing something a little bit different. A few weeks ago, Gareth Phelan of Melvin Gales told me about my guest today. His name is Mark McGowan, and earlier this summer, he took part in the Decca Ironman Challenge in York in the UK. What is a Decca Ironman Challenge, I hear you say? Well, it's 10 Ironman distance triathlons in just 10 days. He completed the feat in a total of 151 hours, and it's an absolutely amazing achievement. So congratulations to Mark. We're going to hear about his entire story, where he went from being a broke and broken man who lost his business in the recession, put on a bit of weight, fell into a depression, and how he picked himself back up using exercise as the vehicle to get his life back on track. He talks about the importance of having his family around him, his friends, and what exercise has done to his life over the last eight or nine years. Mark, you're very welcome to the programme. Thank you very much. Now, we're here just outside Kinlaw in your home, and yep. thank you very much for, for hosting me. It's fantastic to be here and chatting to you. I want to find out what motivates somebody to put themselves through that experience. We might go back a few years. Tell yeah, me no, about no. you, because that's not a local accent. So tell me about no, no, what no. your link is to the North Leitrim. Uh, my father went to England in the late 60s, early 70s, and he met an English woman, and they got married, and voila, I appeared. Uh, along with my, my older brother and younger brother and my younger sister. And in 1982, I was born in 1971, 1982, my father decided to move home. And I came back, obviously, with him because I was only 11 years of age. And I was here until 1988, and I went back to England for three or four years to finish off my trade, and then came back here uh, on a holiday and met my wife. And I decided I would stay with my wife, and that's where we are now. So, so I'm still she, in Ireland. She was worth staying for. We should oh, breed, absolutely. breed more good Leitrim women to bring oh, yeah, home yeah, all yeah. our diaspora. Well, she's from Donegal, but from Bondoran, but as a fella says, she's living in Leitrim a lifetime now. So what has this got to do with you? We talk about Loch Melvin just down the road here. You say you know it intimately. You know. I do, yeah. I'm the only person that's swam the full length of it from east to west. So I've done it for charity a few years ago. I've done a number of mad and wonderful things, I suppose. Um, I suppose what started me off was uh, in 2008. We go back that far. The whole country fell apart. I, I was a very successful businessman. I had a, a business. I had a number of people working for me. The rug was pulled from under you. All of a sudden... Trouble, financial trouble, money. You have a wife with four kids. 2008, the, the, the rug was pulled from under you, and then you find yourself going to your workshop because I was the joiner and sitting on the bench for two years, pretty much just every day, going sit down and do nothing, and then depression creeps in. And um, everything along with depression creeps in. Um, the bad thoughts, not eating, eating badly, and this kind of dragged on for right the way up till 2011 and uh, one weekend I was out the back digging and my wife seen me I had the shirt off and my wife seen me and she said maybe we should start walking but at this stage I literally would go from my bedroom to the kitchen to the joinery shop and back to the house in the evening and I wanted to see nobody so um, I agreed we'd start walking and I found the walking brought me into Lidl so every evening she would go to Lidl I would sit in the car that was the first step and then we start the walk and walk a bit more and then we walk in Bondoran over a couple of months or two and a half months and found myself then I go into Little with her but it was all about trying to get out of where I was and then coming up to Christmas I suppose about eight or ten weeks time Sinead says geez maybe we should uh, um, we should run the car a ten mile 
we should enter it. So I says, geez, why, why not? So 10 miles is a long distance to start. It is, but sure, I didn't know the different 10 miles, 5 miles, I hadn't a clue. I just said, ah, sure, I'll get, we'll, how hard can it be? I think it was the second week in January, we decided we would start running. So we were, we left the front door of our house here and we walked to the first lamppost and then we jogged to the next one and out and back to what I call the bins over by Loch Melvin. It's about a 2.8 mile out and back. And I remember the first day it took us around about 40 minutes and I all thought I was gonna die, absolutely die. But we agreed to run, we agreed to do Cara together. So we went out and we started to run a bit more and walk and run and let, walk less and run more and run more. No help from anybody, no, we had met nobody. We had met, we had met, not met nobody about the running, but we, you know, we were starting to get out there more. And our longest run was seven mile and we went to the car a 10 mile and we got the 10 mile covered in 94 minutes. And we both died at the end of it. Whatever happened on that 10 mile run, I found out that I, I really liked running. I just found, wow, this is great. And then I met the local running club, Paddy Donahue from Bundoran, the Tyrconn running club. We went in on a Tuesday evening and met them for the first time. And then you're running, you're actually running with people and the, the buzz you know, oh, this is great, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm worth something to myself, you know, I can, I was at the very back, all the women were passing me. Then I decided I don't like losing, you know, just so I would always start at the races, generally start at the back, so no one ever passes me, you know, it's mindset, so that's the way I started with the, the running, I started at the back, and so the following year, I done the Cairo 10 mile, and I covered it in 68 minutes, so um that's a massive achievement up from 94 it is yeah 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 but i the running i was running at this stage i was i was running six days a week but but that was in january we started running we decided to enter dublin marathon that year and we myself and my wife went to dublin marathon and i got three hours 45 in dublin marathon that's funny i got the marathon finished and everybody was dying and i was feeling good and i said to paddy the coach that time about three weeks beforehand we had the last long run it was a 22 miler and he says um how does everybody feel and i says i could have done another 10 mile and it was taken as a joke but soon did we realize the following year i went to the connemara ultra marathon yeah I, I enjoyed the long runs and that's kind of what got me hooked but it took me out of the depression as well to a certain degree the decker was a different thing let's talk about the, the those two because they're pretty iconic races in ireland a lot of people set out to do the dublin city marathon mm. uh, back when i was fairly active back in 2010 2011 i completed it myself now i didn't do nearly as impressive as time as you did i was well over six hours for getting around the course but okay. i did get around the course yeah well that's, that's what it's about the connemara marathon probably the best less said about that the better i struggled around that six months later because i in my head i thought oh sure i ran a marathon in october hmm. i'll be well able to do the connemara in in april turns out you can't just want to show up and not have the prep no, done. No, you can't. Did you do the and marathon? I did or the, the half. Ultra? I did the half marathon. You did well. I, I, um, I, I, I prepared for the ultra, and I wanted to break six hours for the ultra, and um, I come in in five fifty seven. Nice. Five fifty seven. Now me and Jerry Duffy met there. I think about four years later, bouncing forward a bit, and uh, Jerry was planning on think, to try and break the five hours, and I was looking for five hours twenty but it was the worst day ever in Connemara. And Jerry would tell you that was brutal. Now, Jerry didn't PB that day because his time was rapid anyway, but I PB'd down to 550 something. There was hailstones, the, the course, there were people taken off the course for hypothermia. It was absolutely savage. 
Connemara course is very unforgiving. So it is. It's funny that you mention our mutual friend Jerry Duffy because mm. he passed me that day. He was after doing the ultra marathon, mm. which started twenty six point two miles That's right, yeah. behind me. Mm. Uh, he passed me at about the 10 mile stage in my book he had really done 36k of the 39 or 36 miles of yeah. the 39 and he passed me and says keep it going roughly as i was walking oh, and i was it was didn't help me at all because oh, because all i could think of was like he's done an extra marathon before he got to my start point yeah. and i'm struggling and he's catching me but that being said jerry an absolute gentleman a lovely man from westmeath of course Hi most famous for probably 32 marathons in 32 days and yeah. then the following summer doing something that we're going to focus on a little bit called a DECA you did the DECA UK but yeah. he did the DECA Enduroman it's the yeah. same event effectively just different locations different location yeah it's Ironman distance triathlon it's an Ironman distance triathlon yeah. every day for 10 days for 10 days yeah. yeah why when I went to the running group a lot of them were triathletes and they were all telling me about an Ironman it was the the toughest day you could get and I says to them I'm going to do that and I remember one of the local lads saying to me oh yeah well you start off with the sprint and then you work your way to the Olympic and the day are fine and my reply was and the boys will vouch for this was there's no point starting with a warm-up I just go to the event so my very first triathlon was an Ironman that's exactly wow that was my attitude but in the same conversation I had heard about this Decker it was the holy grail of iron distance and I just said to myself I'm gonna do that that's that's on my cards I wouldn't say I forgot about it but it was always in the head I'm not going to talk too much about the Decker yet but the reason became clear in the Decker why I actually had to do it because by the beginning of this year I didn't want to do the Decker anymore I had to do it but I didn't know if you ask me why do you have to do it Mark it wasn't because I told everybody I was going to do it and that I was planning on winning because that was my attitude and I, when I, I didn't go over to participate I went over to win I didn't want to be an also ran but I felt I had to go there but I'll explain about that in a wee while if you'd like okay well first of all tell me what the Decker Ironman is in terms of the distances well in total you have a 38 kilometer swim in 10 days uh, you have a 1830k bike for uh, this event and then you have the 10 marathons so you have literally each day a 3.8 kilometer swim 183k bike and then a 42k 42.2k run each day the key to the decker i found was the sleep get it done quick enough that you can get six hours sleep every day starts at maybe 6 a.m 6 a.m so you're up at 4:45 in the morning yeah so you're in the water the at 6 a.m yeah and whatever length of time it takes you to finish that race is the time it takes you yeah. you're still in the water tomorrow at 6 a.m exactly. so if it's taken you 23 hours to get through it yeah. by day eight or nine you're literally not getting any time yeah, you're like, straight in the water like last this year there were a couple of people one person uh 45 minutes day nine is all they had for before day 10 started so that when they got the swim done i lapped i lapped the lady three times that morning in the water when they come out the medic told her she had to lie down for an hour she wasn't going out into the open road because this is the first decker uk that was held on an open road and with right turns across traffic yeah that sounds kind of dangerous yeah, particularly when yeah. you're tired at day six seven Days, eight yeah, nine yeah. tell me how you get from running a 10 mile race in dublin city marathon right through to even contemplating doing the decker found out then after dublin marathon that i wanted to do more marathons and then i found this ultra marathon and oh i love the ultra distance found i really loved ultra distance so i had done connemara for four years 
I would do Dublin Marathon for four years in a row, but I always felt there was something just not, you know, I felt I was, I could do more. Then I started to put the Ironman in. This went on for 2015, 16, and then I swam the Melvin in 2017. And then the Inishona 105 miler appeared, the Quadrathon. It's in Donegal every year, four marathons in four days around the Inishona Peninsula. Uh, there's about four and a half thousand meters of elevation in the 105 mile, a proper, proper run. Harold, the fellow that runs the um, Extreme North events, he decided in 2000, I think it was in 2017, 18, 19, yeah, I think it was 2017, he was going to do the four, he was going to set, set people off for the four marathons in the one day. So you were set off at two o'clock on the Saturday afternoon and you had a Sunday evening at four o'clock to get the whole lot done. So it was 105 mile. So I was one of the first to enter it. And... Uh, that was an epic and to me that was i was in heaven there now it and was it was savage. one one stage no no interruptions no 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 yeah it was one stage literally you ran the first marathon you clocked in and clocked out and then off you went for the second one so it was non-stop yeah so it was 105 mile run non-stop you just ran the four marathons one after the other now we've had ricky win from shambo who's just taken part in some seriously impressive trail run events all over the world he's on yeah. the the world series of trail running at the moment i can't okay. remember the official title and i know he unfortunately didn't finish the Kerry ultra at the weekend mm. because of an illness that he picked up on the route there's a huge community of people who do these type of events there is yeah and they seem to stay under the radar you know, people say, the, I wouldn't say the average person is not correct. The people that don't, it's like marathon runners and then you've got specialists in 5K and 10K. You've also got specialists in ultra distance, 100 milers and this really mad stuff like the Deckers and the Double Decker, which I've been introduced to. Okay, let's talk about the Decker for a while. Okay. First of all, where is it located? How many competitors were you up against? Because you're there to win. You're not just there to make up the numbers. Yeah, I'm there, I'm there to win. Um, there was 10, there was only 10 allowed to enter it. That was it. Um, eight made the start line, seven finished. It was a very good year. Three women, five, uh, originally three women and five men. It was in York, so it was, and started on the 23rd of July. So it did. My plan was don't panic about a thing for the first five or six days and then start reeling them in. Day eight, take the lead. This was my plan in my training. My training regime was very simple, 15 hours a day. That was what I was allowing myself. Looking at Jerry Duffy, he'd started off at 14 hours and then he creeped to 17 and Prentergast had sit 16 or 17. They were both about 156 to 160 hours. I was cutting my cloth for 150. I said to myself, slightly more than the lads, the course is slightly flatter and I needed somewhere to start. So that was my plan. My training regime was relentless. It was um, in peak weeks, it was at 47 hours a week. There were weekends where I was doing a triple Ironman in the weekend on the Saturday Ironman. I do an Ironman on the Friday, Ironman on the Saturday, but I do a 250K bike instead of the 180. Yeah, just because you can. Because I can. I like the week of my birthday. I done, that was a half iron on the Friday, an iron on the Saturday, half iron on the Sunday, on the Monday an Ironman, and my birthday was on the Wednesday, so the coach decided I had to do an Ironman that day as well. <laughs> so most people take a break on their birthday. You decide, no, I'm gonna no, put more I got, I got the Ironman, I did. I done an Ironman on my birthday. Because, and my answer was because I could. I had to have it that I could train, I could run a 10 hour iron distance. I could run a 10 hour, get a 10 hour iron distance. And my pacing was very good because um, I found that I love pacing marathons. I've paced Derry Marathon a few times, one of the paces for 3.45, four hours, and I had a crack at 3.15. I'm good at pacing. So I, that's the way I went. I said to myself, well, that's what I'd stick at. So off I went each morning. 
I had allowed myself an hour and a half in the water, but ended up that I was an hour 12 to an hour 14 in the water. So after day three, I was the first man out of the water every day. And as the days went on, everybody was further behind me. The bike, they all lapped me every day on the bike because I had allowed myself seven hours to pedal and 30 minutes to eat. So seven and a half hours, uh, irrespective of what anybody else done. I decided that the bike was going to stay steady and then I was going to run every evening, not walk, run. So my plan was to walk the first two loops because it was a 1.1 mile loop and then run until I hit about 14 mile. There was a section in it, it was actually trail that you couldn't run. So literally you would run three quarters of the loop, but a quarter of the loop you had to walk. So it brought my 9.15 average down to about 12 and a half minute mile. But that meant that my marathon time for my head was about five to five and a half hours is what I was allowing with stops. And that's pretty much what I hit every day, except for one day where um, I had stomach cramps. But the first three days we had 32 degrees on the first day, 33 degrees on the second day. And then on day three, we hit the magic 42, the hottest day ever in the UK. And us out on the bikes, all of us. It was savage. Yeah, there's nothing quite like being out on a bike in a no. ridiculous heat. I think in India, on my adventure, mm. uh, 51 degrees yeah, yeah. one day. It, just when there was no protection, no wind, yeah. no nothing. It was just 51. And, and for me, that was... Uh, it was too hot you just got to, had to get out but you didn't have that luxury you'd I didn't have, have to... that luxury and also it wasn't like India obviously but there were no trees for shelter because we were in big um, a big flat open plain and where corn was being grown so you're on these big long roads and no shelter just the wind so we were pulling in every um, eight mile my wife would stuff my back with ice and there was a fellow there uh, he's nicknamed Decker Dave he has the record for the double decker and He's one of the fastest UK decker men ever. And uh, he was there, he had had an accident, uh, a tractor had hit him. He was planning on doing the, the decker as well. So he was there on crutches and he was putting ice on people's heads and we were stuffed and I was eating and every 30 minutes I was out and back a loop, out and back a loop and then the run would start. But even that, you'd, you'd actually need to be refilling water bottles probably every 15, oh, every 20 minutes. Every 30 minutes I was going through 750 mils of electrolytes on the hottest days normally it would be every 60 minutes but on the hottest days it was every 30 uh, every 30 minutes every time i come around there was a, a change so there was i wasn't eating enough for the first few days either but that was um i didn't realize how much fuel i actually could consume but um <laughs> when, when you do learn that it's oh, it, 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 you, i'm sure you found out on you um once you start cycling across it's the first few days whatever but your body starts to eventually say right it tells you when you're hungry and you just it got to a stage where I was just shoveling the food in I was eating four dinners a day same yeah, same yeah. I, I, I'd sit and eat a double dinner on the one day like at the one sitting like, oh, yeah, I'd yeah, have yeah. dinner and then I'm like I'm still hungry and I'd have another dinner right. yeah it was yeah. crazy but as well as that unfortunately when at the end of it now I'm looking at our timelines kind of match you're saying 08, 09 to 11 mm. I was probably 2010 to 11 as well mm. I'm looking at your body shape and my body shape yours what happens when you keep training I'm what happens when you keep eating and stop the training yeah I found out why I was doing all this long stuff and I said I loved it I did love it but I, I wasn't looking for the elation I was looking for the pain and it wasn't because I enjoyed the pain it was because of what I'd lost I felt that that's all I deserved I deserved to hurt so when I went out and I come back after doing a hundred, a hundred mile run or doing two or three marathons over two days and the legs in bits and you feeling like you're going to die, it, it was, oh, well, she, you deserve it. She, you've ruined, destroyed your family. You've destroyed everything else. That's what I honestly felt. And I felt that right the way up to day five in the deck when I actually realized, you know, 
hold on a minute here you know you're worth more than this but it was only till the for day five in the deck i actually didn't realize why i was punishing myself constantly do you know what happened on day five that made you realize your own worth can you pinpoint it down to one particular event i i actually can't i just know running I, I just running it was really odd I just said to my, my wife was actually with me she spent the whole time I said to my Sinead I said I think I know why I'm here and then I said to her I go, we were jogging away I said to her you know that the shame of the family and losing everything and I felt that the pain I'm in now is what I deserve but I don't I don't deserve this but I says now I do want to win it and uh, from day five to day ten it was like a for me it was a party because I physically was in i'm sure you can see physically um you're in pretty good shape i'm in good nick and i didn't actually realize how good a shape i was in i and even when i got there i didn't i, I didn't realize i thought oh, this is what everybody would be in but they weren't i'm struggling to put an age on you i'm 47 yeah because you have certain features that i could say you look like you could be in your late 50s mm. and other features where it's like if you told me he's 32 or 33 mm. I'd say it's a strange combination yeah, yeah. If, if that makes sense and I suppose oh, yeah. that's down supposed to having those different lifestyles at different stages of your yeah. life and there's a certain amount of abuse that's been there as well you know so yeah and now I'm 47 I was the oldest competitor by seven years the fellow that won was 10 years my junior at one stage he was four and a half hours in front of me on day five and he ended up with one hour 43 behind me in front of me sorry on day 10 and all it was, I told him, I said, I only needed one more day. I took 47 minutes off him on the last day. I won the last two days in a row. And then to be told that there would be, I had another four or five days in me then by the coach, the organizer come over and said uh, that I was the only man that ran every day. And it was nice to see because some people walked and they were doing 20 hours. But like, it's a brutal event. It is a brutal event. I just found it for me, it was more of an emotional journey than a physical one well I think you reach a, a certain level of, of ability where whether someone says to you it's a 10 mile run or a 50 mile run or a 110 mile run or a 200 mile run you know you'll get through it physically it's mm. just that emotional getting up and going and doing it every morning and, and, and doing it every minute and every hour and just yeah. keeping going well you see um, you've, you've hit the nail on the head like every single morning I was not getting in the water but my wife who's my best friend her main job in the morning was to make sure I went to the toilet make sure I had my breakfast and make sure I got in the water she knew once I got in the water all I would be doing was getting out was looking for food and getting all I would want to do then is get on the bike so the big key every morning was the motivation to put me in the water I think motivation is a huge part of this uh, we recently followed the path of the three ladies who swam the Shannon I don't know if you're mm. familiar with that Flo Bio, uh, Heather Eileen and Tony from Anna Duff in South Leitrim they swam from Dowra the whole length of the Shannon and it didn't go as they had maybe planned or envisaged, mm. envisaged it. They had to skip over the lakes and then come back and do them in better periods of weather. Mm. So they did swim the whole distance, just not yeah. A to B as they would have liked to have done it. Not as a crow flies. But they've done it. Yeah. And they really struggled with the fact that it hasn't gone to plan. And I yeah. think sometimes in these events, things don't go to plan. You get a mechanical on the bike, you get uh, an issue with a goggles or something mm. like that in the water and you lose time and then you're behind schedule you start putting pressure on yourself did that happen to you at any point was there any point when you thought you might not finish this uh day one end of day one i took blisters never never get blisters on my feet except for the 105 miler coming off man more ran down it like an idiot instead of walked down it and blistered the feet were an awful mess of five weeks but generally as a rule i've never got blisters but coming in the end of day one blisters on the feet it was a trail run never ran trail before the decker 
landed to the deck with a brand new pair of trail shoes planning on using my own road shoes but the the believe it or not the course it was just it, it needed trail shoes but um took blisters sitting then getting the blisters dealt with that even started vomiting into the bag because i got too warm so day one my wife didn't think we'd see day two we started to take care of the blisters on day two or day one and we kept with them day two in the morning felt okay uh, i was grand then for a few days until day seven i think day six or day seven i hadn't drank enough on the bike and next thing on the run i got stomach cramps and i went to bed i lie down on the mattress at night and i was in cramp i was actually cramping trying to sleep and i was saying to myself this could be game over but i woke up in the morning okay and i got into the water and once i started to swim in the water and i stretched out the stomach um, everything was okay but i was paranoid then about getting flu uh, fluids into me you know what that's like if you start if you fall behind on the bike at all i'd let it i had eased off on the bike so i think it was day six or seven it was a it was the slowest marathon run and i fell behind that day but that was uh, stupidity on my behalf or may, maybe just um the crew had took their eye off the ball and i hadn't swapped around fluids i don't know what would you change about your preparation or the actual event how it went for you if i had to do it again the train before you could do that would you do it again oh absolutely because jerry duffy has come out very obviously and uh, said never want to do it again yeah no um if you'd have asked me the day after the event, I'd say, no, I've nothing left to find there. But leaving there and being told by my wife and by the coach that, you know, you had four or five left in you, there is a double decker in two years. And I'm seriously tempted to track, tackle the 20 and 20 in, as a race, not just because I can do them. And I am tempted, really tempted now. What would you need to do to prove to yourself that you are capable of finishing that and, and competing in that? Uh, what are the major steps in the in the intervening time? I'm not being big-headed, but I know I can do it. Okay, um, that's, um, that's, if I have the right team with me, it's not a case of will he do it, it's a case of if all your ducks line up, how quick can he get it done? But the 20 and 20 is a big ask when you're racing it. As for training, if I was to do the next one, I must say the the coach I have, Patrick McLaughlin from um, Karen Donna, uh, there is no change in the training. The training that I had done for the ten would do the twenty, and that's the truth. Ignorance will take you the last bit. Um, <laughs> I know all about that. <laughs> yeah, ignorance will bring you the last bit. The only thing that my wife changed on the decker that she changed on day five was she tightened up all the transitions that I didn't have to carry or move the bike, and she saved me 10 or 12 minutes in transition at lunchtime every day. It's two or three hours sleep over the duration of the week. More importantly, um, if you'd have took the five, uh, the 15 minutes by five and took that off my overall time, I actually would have won. Yeah, uh, absolutely, yeah. So yeah. But like, yeah. if you're on at ball, she'd be your uncle, so, you, know. <laughs> you know. So, you know, you would, but that's, you need to make sure, I'd need to make sure, but again, I'm thinking of that, and there's a, there's another run called the Cake or Death Run. It's a brutal event. It's 265 mile over the Welsh, the spine of Wales. It'll be one or the other, one or the other. Well, listen, they both sound like fantastic challenges. Of course, you can't do these events alone, even though it's you in the water, you on the bike, and you on the run on your own, essentially. Mm. There's a huge team that's oh. required around you. I know I'm here with you tonight because a mutual friend, Garth Phelan, yeah, put me well, in touch with you. Well, let's, let's, can we talk about them for a minute? 100%, yeah. yeah. Okay, let's talk first of all about Gareth. Gareth's been working on me from the day I started running in 2011-2012. Categorically, if Phelan was not in the equation, it wouldn't happen. End of story. Phelan work, was working on me three or four times a week. His cool manner, and he knows 
when I'm getting close to a vent, I get paranoid. The aches creep in. He knows how to get you flattened, flattened and leveled through it. His experience is beggar's belief in the body, especially with people like me now at this stage. So I needed him. I needed him. He's also an elite athlete himself. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and you can, it, it, it tells, like he was over day, I forget, three, four, five, I don't actually, he was over for three or four days and the air of calmness when he appears, it's reassuring. So you've got feeling, you know, you have another, my swim coach, James McIntyre, who was early mornings in the pool with me, although he didn't manage to make it over. Fantastic bloke. My wife, she spent the entire, entire time, every single day over with me. Your best friend, Daniel Branley, looking after another elite athlete, looking after the mechanics of the shed, of the garage, or the, the tent, sorry, the bicycle making shorts on. And then Kieran Clancy jumped in last minute, the nutritionist. Um, do you know Kieran Clancy? No, I'm not familiar. Um, nutritionist, fantastic bloke. I don't have a nutritionist on speed dial, well, as you can probably tell by looking well, at me. I'll tell you one thing, this bloke is an absolute genius. And not only that, he decided he would come over under his own steam to the Decca and landed in day six and jumped in with my wife. And um, I can safely say he cut my wife's workload in half what he put in place along with Sinead after Gareth had left made me finishing the event a whole pile easier so it did then you have uh, my coach Paddy pa Patrick McLaughlin um, Podium Fitness like he was over the last days but what he'd been working with me for the last three years working my way through everything the 105 miler and, and so on and so forth he knew what I could and couldn't do as well and then obviously uh, training buddies I have one main training buddy um, Paul McGee um, he's doing Barcelona Ironman now in three or four weeks I was out on the weekend but Paul McGee all the running I've been doing you wouldn't you wouldn't get the training done without that guy I wouldn't have you know it's a beautiful part of the world you're living in here oh, just yeah. on the shores of Loch Melvin it must be a pleasure to get out on the bike or walking or swimming around the lake every day when you're in training. Yeah, I'm, and it's funny, I've, I slagged to the boys, you know, I'm the only man that's ran it, cycled it and swam it, the Melvin. I'm the only buck that's done the whole lot, swam the full length and all. Yeah, the Melvin for me is a playground. Um, I love the Melvin. I've got Donuts here, Pier three, uh, 3 mile from me, Inish Keen Island, which I can swim round in and out and uh, round and back. It's three kilometres of a swim. You have 19.7 mile loop on the bike tight melvin course seven and a half mile you can get to the bottom of glen and you've got the gates of glen it's one of the tightest climbs in the country all but it being sure you've got bar climb you've got kilty clara you've got windmills heading for for bell coup um, oh yeah it's a massive playground it's actually undiscovered it really is undiscovered you know well i have to be honest and say i drove around the lake coming from manor hamilton mm. i drove around through garrison mm. uh coming out to your house here and it's beautiful uh, oh, yeah. and i'm from leitrim i've lived in leitrim most of my life mm. and i've never been in that part of the country before a lot of people seem to think leitrim finishes in manahaman and it doesn't you've got the mountain that brings you over here you know we're the other side of manahaman the other side of the mountain mind you when you go to manor you mean into manor especially for the bike there are some class climbs and you can go up one and down one and back within two kilometers you can turn left and go up another one i spent the whole of the winter there up and down the yeah. climbs well, it stood to you in your second place finish in the DECA UK. Congratulations, Thank Mark. It's much. been an absolute pleasure to see with you for Thank the last you. half hour or so. And I can't wait to hear what you've got planned next. Do you want to give us a little hint or have you decided yet? I'm, I'm 
let's just say if it's not the cake or death run I've, I would be looking maybe at the double decker maybe it's the very best look in whatever it is Thank you, you turn much. your hand to next what an inspirational individual Thank you so much to Mark for sitting down with me for half an hour earlier this week and to Gareth Phelan for the introduction. I'm sure you enjoyed that story just as much as I did sitting down and chatting to him. Hopefully it gets you up off the couch, out for a walk, a run, a cycle or a swim in the coming days. There is no time like the present to start. Of course, this was In Focus. Today, you can check out all back episodes of the show on our website, leitrimdaily.com. Orla Magnavola is with you tomorrow. She will be bringing you up to speed on everything happening around the county over the next week and beyond into the month of September. Thank you very much for joining me today. I will be with you on Friday with a preview of a very busy sporting weekend in the county. Talk to you then.